Mississippi Rooster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good morning, Matt. Morning, Derek. Actually, good morning, morning, Corey. You look a little um, Albert. Uh, no, why, why do they call you Fat Albert? I mean, That's I, right, I, Derek. Uh, they call me Fat Albert. You and I decided to uh, have costumes that look remotely like one another. So you decided to uh, dress as a certain character. I'll let you tell who that is in just a moment. But yeah, I'm, I'm Fat Albert this morning. That is uh, in costume inside the How to Barbecue Right Shop studios. I bet Fat Albert would, would like How to Barbecue Right Shop. And Albert, I prefer to say you're, you're robust, Albert. Robust, Albert. You're robust. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you're, you're more robust. I would not say you're fat. And you are doing that in your character, which is who? Tell, tell the listeners who your character is. Uh, well, I'm, I'm from Kansas. United States of America. I'm uh, Ted Lasso. Thank you. Ted Finally, Lasso. you mentioned it because not everybody has seen this show. So go ahead. And uh, I'm over here. I've come back over from England, uh, coaching a little. Well, they call it football. Football, uh, not not your American football. So um, I'm back over here and uh, having a good time. Ted Lasso is a huge hit for Apple TV. Uh, just wrapped up its second season or just released its second season in the last week. So if you don't know who Ted Lasso is, simply Google it. That's who Derek is dressed as. Uh, and for our show today, our Halloween special, uh, Halloween special show. And, and I am dressed as Fat Albert, which uh, most of us know exactly what Fat Albert looks like. If you don't know who Fat Albert is, uh, simply Google Fat Albert and um, you will see exactly what we're talking about. I mean, if you don't know who Fat Albert is, I don't even. I don't, know I don't even. Yeah, mean. you and what? I probably didn't get along uh, as children. No, you know all that kind of stuff. No, wow, there's a lot going on. We have some mush mouth. Yes, um, just uh, just an f- absolutely fantastic cartoon. I guess I didn't think about this prior to, but because of the creator of Fat Albert maybe being a little bit canceled, has Fat Albert been canceled too, or what? You couldn't have Fat Albert now. Probably not. You probably, probably not. He ate a lot of Jello pudding pops. He did he ate a lot of Jello pudding pops. A little bit of a uh, product placement before it's time. Yeah, right there. <laughs> that was uh, a lot of product placement <laughs> before it's time. But the, for obvious reasons, I, I guess now you would have to have Fat Albert. Well, I mean, Mushmouth was super skinny, so you do have a, a different point of view. But he, he was. But he, you know, he did have a speech impediment that they made fun of. Okay. Um. So that would be Mushmouth would be a little. I mean, he was called Mushmouth for goodness sake. So that was uh that was tough. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> I don't know a lot. Uh, Again, uh, what you could get away with, but it was a fantastic cartoon. Grew up on it. Absolutely. Great lessons. Yes. Absolutely great lessons that they taught you during those cartoons. They don't make them like that anymore. That is a fact. They definitely don't make them like that anymore, Derek. I would venture to yeah, go watch some of the cartoons. I don't know if you've seen a lot of the cartoons that Amazon Prime have on and, and Netflix and stuff like that. You know, they need a little bit more uh, Fat Albert and the lessons <laughs> in Fat Albert. You know, come on, guys. I mean, playground after school specials. Yeah, more after. Exactly. Uh, sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will never hurt you. That's so, right. I mean, let's, That's right. let's, let's, let's come together. Someone who probably has seen Fat Albert enjoyed Fat Albert and uh, definitely would like to see more of you know cartoons like that. I speak of Mr. Brian Couch of Team Couch of Birch Realty Group, our 2021 presenting sponsor. Team Couch of Birch Realty Group possesses over 65 years of combined real estate experience. They are the number one team for well over a decade when it comes to residential real estate in DeSoto County. They are ranked nationally as a top performing real estate team and they've been ranked multiple times in Mississippi as part of America's best 
best real estate professionals. They were recently voted DeSoto County's best realtor for the fourth time. They are currently offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. They simply need to know your address. They can tell you all about your neighborhood, your zip code, how long houses have been listed, how long they're staying on the market, how long until they close. Brian and Terry are going to have all the analytics that you need to possess in this very hot DeSoto County market. Give them a call at 662-449-1700. Call Brian on his cell phone, 901-461-7653. That's 901-461-SOLD, S-O-L-D. Also, you can find more information at teamcouch.com. That's teamcouch.com. Again, you definitely don't want to go into this market alone. Use a realtor. Use their experience. They possess over 25,000 closings since 2009. Give Brian and Terry a call. Again, 662-449-1700. Yeah, the more I sit here and think about it this morning, cool morning right here in Hernando, Mississippi, Fat Albert would absolutely have been all over the How to Barbecue Right Shop, no doubt about it. Thank you to our 2021 studio sponsor, the How to Barbecue Right Shop. How to Barbecue Right Shop located right here in Hernando at 496 Whitfield Drive. This store has everything a person needs for barbecue, crawfish, and all other kinds of outdoor cooking. Whether it's rubs, sauces, thermometers, cast iron, cutting boards, knives, or some of the coolest high-end smokers on the market, you definitely want to visit Malcolm's shop. If you've ever seen his How to Barbecue Right YouTube videos, you need to stop by his shop today. You can call them at 912-9947. That's 912-9947. Find him on Facebook at H2Q Malcolm's shop. Visit his website howtobbqright.com that's howtobbqright.com but the best thing to do is to stop by the best barbecue shop in DeSoto County I'm speaking of the How to Barbecue Right shop located right here in Hernando thank you Malcolm and Rochelle for being our 2021 studio sponsors Derek, before we talk about a special visitor to the town of Hernando, a good number of people may have tuned into the UTW podcast for our sit-down interview, which we talked about on Tuesday. We had a sit-down opportunity with the DeSoto County Schools Superintendent. Mr. Corey Osselton sat down with us. For some of our listeners, we used to cover the entire county. We've really started to kind of hone in on under the water tower, exactly what we mean by that, Hernando and Lewisburg Public Schools. And that's what Corey's going to talk about on the interview coming up here shortly. So give us a few minutes. A few more uh, seconds, and we'll get to Corey's interview coming up in just a moment. Uh, Well, Ted, uh, who I'm about to speak of is not an advertiser of ours yet. They're they're certainly welcome to. Hmm. I'm speaking of a local uh, coffee shop where they had a very special guest yesterday. Tate Reeves visited Hernando, uh, saw a few pictures on Instagram, uh, some different uh, pictures, him speaking for a few minutes. While he did stop in Hernando, Derek, he was in DeSoto County for a special announcement. What was that? It was an uh, announcement of some jobs located at a business in Olive Branch, bringing 80 new jobs. It was Voyager uh, business over there in Olive Branch. It was bringing 80 new jobs over the next two years to the DeSoto County area. This is now $460 million that he mentioned he's announced for DeSoto County uh, since his term. Uh, and, you know, just this is another uh, expansion that they're doing uh, in the, for the Voyager. And the, that will, again, result in 80 new jobs in Olive Branch. Anytime the governor visits your uh, your hometown, you, you know, the podcast, we're always going to say something like that. So I didn't know anything about it. Saw it on Instagram. Again, if the local coffee shop would uh, have any interest in advertising with the UTW podcast, they can certainly reach out to us at under the water tower info at gmail.com. That's under the water tower info at gmail.com. Well, Ted, speaking 
of beverages. Let's give a little bit of an update to a friend of the podcast, Mr. Greg Drumright, a, uh, a project uh, kind of close to us. We like to think we had a little bit of hand in the project happening in Hernando. I'm speaking of the Fieldhouse Project located just over there, uh, basically, let's just say at the corner of Mackinville and Green Tea. I've got some interesting new news about that project. Tell us about it. The Fieldhouse will now be known as the Gatorade Fieldhouse after the deal that Greg Drumright has signed uh, with the Gatorade PepsiCo Company. Uh, it was signed ahead of the 2021 grand opening, which would be sometime this winter. He is quoted as saying that before the doors are even open, uh, he's making differences with sponsors coming in. So it will now be known for the foreseeable future as the Gatorade Fieldhouse. Uh, it will have Gatorade and Pepsi Drink Family as the exclusive drink providers. And of course, when people come to the events, they will see all of the Pepsi and Gatorade signage. And for those of y'all to remember, the Fieldhouse right there located on Green Tea Road is a 62,000 square foot facility that is slated to be open again sometime this winter. It will feature four indoor NCAA regulation basketball courts, volleyball, climate-controlled and open-air space for baseball and softball, on-site orthopedics, 4,500 square feet of strength and conditioning, and more. There is a future phase coming up that will actually add, be adding more courts, I think more specifically for volleyball, uh, but also could be uh, used for basketball tournaments as well. So, again, congratulations to Greg Drumright, to his partners, everybody making this happen, to the new Gatorade Fieldhouse. The Gatorade Fieldhouse will be one of the nicest, neatest young people spaces definitely in the Mid-South, potentially in the entire Southeast for years to come. Congratulations to Greg. You and I have uh, had an opportunity to meet him and get to know him a little bit more. He has really, really worked hard on this project and uh, it could be happening to a nicer person. So good luck to him for sure. Speaking of young people, as I mentioned a few moments ago when we teased on our Tuesday show, Corey Osselton, the DeSoto County Superintendent, sat down with us, talked to us about the wonderful announcement they've, they've had recently about the new Hernando High School, just an amazing, amazing school coming to DeSoto County. Definitely something to be proud of for the next 35, 40 years when it comes to graduating classes of Hernando. Corey was nice enough to sit down with us for about 20 minutes, and we will go to his interview now. Excited to welcome in Corey Usselton, the uh, DeSoto County Schools Superintendent. Corey, welcome back to the UTW Podcast. Thank you, Matt. Glad to be here. I always appreciate you inviting me. Uh, love to love to be a part of the podcast. And it's in our new studio, the beautiful How to Barbecue Right Shop Studios. Uh, definitely improved over last time. High profile. I'm telling you, this is this is nice. <laughs> a secret location. A lot of people ask me, hey, do y'all actually record at the How to Barbecue Right shop? And the answer is no. They are simply the studio sponsors, so we really appreciate them for sure. But, uh, you know, yeah, we're moving on up in the world, definitely. One of the reasons I want to sit down and visit with you is about the big news. About five weeks ago, DeSoto County Schools announced the new coming of the Hernando High School, the new school, which will be probably, I mean, will definitely be the largest project DeSoto County Schools has ever done. Um, tell us about the new Hernando High School set to open in August 25. That's the goal? That's correct. Uh, the goal right now is August of 2025, and this has been a project we've been uh, working on for the last two or three years, uh, trying to come up with some solutions for Hernando uh, for the future and having a, having a long-term goal uh, for the city. And uh, what this will do uh, will alleviate uh, some of the overcrowding that we have at our other schools in the district. And just to go over a few things with it, sure. uh, we've uh, purchased 93 acres of land. That land is on Mackinville Extended, just north of I-269. The location of the high school to us, was a, it was a good spot because one thing of traffic and the infrastructure that's there with that exit 
and with the four-lane road already built in front of it, uh, we feel that it's in a good spot uh, for Hernando because we all know with Commerce Street and Mackinville and the, the morning congestion uh, with the traffic there, we did not want to build the school in a location that would add more traffic to the core of Hernando. And so hopefully with this location, it will actually take some of that traffic off of Commerce in the morning because there'll be different ways for people to go. Uh, they could go get well to I-269. They could take I-55 to 269, two-lane road. There'll be different ways to get there uh, and then for uh, students and parents to travel uh, to that new campus. Uh, but we're looking at uh, adding uh, the new school, uh, as we said, in August of 2025, uh, we'll start uh, with uh, clearing the land, things of that nature this spring, uh, getting all the uh, architecture work done. Uh, we're already in the preliminary stages of just looking at the layout of the campus. Uh, we're looking at uh, having a, a suitable high school campus that's built for more students than we have right now. Sure. Uh, we're going to be monitoring the enrollment over these uh, next few months and, and next couple of years. Uh, to see about how many students that we would probably have during that time. And then uh, we're also looking at athletic facilities, looking at having a new uh, football stadium, baseball stadium, uh, softball stadium, soccer stadium, uh, all of that there on the campus. And so it's an exciting time for that. Uh, we're going to be wanting to get some input uh, from the administrators and uh, the athletic department and the coaches uh, at Hernando High School just so they can see the layout and what we're looking at there because we have, we have plenty of time to get that input as, as we get ready for the future. Uh, also looking at having uh, ample practice facilities, ample practice fields. Uh, we want to make sure that the band has their own practice field uh, that the soccer team has their own practice field. Obviously, football have theirs. Uh, but that's one thing now at the high school, and I know with the band having to share uh, with the soccer team and other ones, we want to make sure that they have their own area uh, where they can make it their own And because uh, band is a year-round uh, activity, and uh, they work do a lot during the summer, and we don't want there to have to be uh, conflicts for practice space. And so uh, that's one of the main things, is making sure that we utilize all the space that we have uh, there on that campus and I've seen some of the preliminary drawings of what it would look like and uh, we're wanting to uh, maximize that space as much as possible. That's one of the the issues with Hernando High School now is it's landlocked. Uh, we don't really have a lot of area to, to build onto. We just added 10 classrooms uh, at the high school this year and uh, that's in that separate building uh, that's there uh, on the campus. It's uh, if you see it it's uh, built on the um, the east side of the, the current structure. And we wanted to make sure to uh, add on there because they need the space now, and then they'll continue to need that space sure. until they move out. And then it'll also help the middle school. And that's the next part is uh, Hernando Middle School will move into the, new, into the high school building. And uh, that should help us there because you'll have three grades of students moving into a building that right now holds four. So we should have some space, some room to grow. Uh, you'll have the students that currently attend Oak Grove, or the fourth and fifth grade, I should say, at that time, uh, will move into the middle school. So you'll have two grades moving into a three-grade building. Once again, room to expand. And then Hernando Hills, it'll still house the second and third grade students. But when you go by Hernando Hills next time, you'll notice on the north side there's plenty of room to expand there. We're going ahead and getting out in front of it and adding eight classrooms uh, this spring that'll be ready for next school year wow, in okay. August of 22. Uh, because we want to continue sure. to build on there. But then Hernando Elementary and Oak Grove, those are two of our problem areas as far as construction because they're landlocked. Like Hernando Elementary, uh, a lot of times, you know, when these schools were built in the 70s, they built them in the neighborhoods sure. because that's where students would walk from mm -hmm. the neighborhoods of school. And that was great then. But the problem is now is 
there's houses all around it. You just can't keep expanding as much as you'd like to. And so Hernando Elementary is landlocked. Uh, Oak Grove is landlocked to a certain degree. We're running out of places to put classrooms there. So what will happen there is we'll, uh, they'll both be K-1 schools. Uh, we, we did not want to separate students because that's one thing about Hernando is that students go to school together K through 12, but it was the only solution to be able to use all the existing buildings and also maximize the space because we're not just looking at this for 2025 you know i've got to look at it for 2030 2035 you know what's going to be best for hernando moving forward we've already had conversations with the demographer uh, about uh, the city of hernando and we'll look at the lines uh, in about 2023 2024 to get a good gauge of uh, where the dividing line needs to be for the k-1 schools uh, to make sure that we we have an equal distribution of students between those two campuses and uh, so we'll be working on that also but going back to my point there but those two schools you'll have more room on both campuses because you'll have sure. half the students that right. you would normally have so so we feel like we've got a good plan there for Hernando as far as moving forward to making sure that we're we uh, get out in front of this growth as much as we possibly can uh, we wish that we could get it started sooner you know it's just one of those where the land does need some work and uh, we don't want to put a date out there that we can't meet. People have asked, as you know, is there any way it could be done, you know, a little sooner? I, it, it's possible, but I, I wouldn't count on it. I mean, we, we always worry that, you know, these projects won't get done in time. But we do feel good right now about August of 2025. One of the only concerns that we have right now is the cost because construction costs are going up and going up dramatically. Sure. Sure. And so uh, we've got to be very uh, smart with our projects that we're working on in the meantime. Uh, to make sure that we budget properly for it. Uh, we started out saying, well, this will be, uh, you know, about a 55 to $65 million project. Uh, we hope that it stays in that window, but yes. there's just no way to predict right now a construction cost what it could end up being. Pretty amazing. Like you said, I mean, a project this size, get ready for it, and, and it's, it's a four-year process, three or four-year process. So like you said, materials, uh, labor, all those different things are just difficult to gauge i mean it really really is i know we've mentioned it here on the podcast what an exciting time it is for us because this affects growth for the next 30 35 40 years here in the city of fernando people don't realize it but hernando high school the current hernando high school is the oldest high school from a construction standpoint in the county which a lot of people would be surprised by so it's time for hernando we're next in line to get that new school so going to be a really really neat project 93 acres man if there's if there are sports teams that don't have something of their own out there uh i'd be surprised with 93 acres that's a big campus for a high school and we're still looking at uh sharing some of the facilities that we already have uh like we've got a, in hernando uh, they built the hernando performing arts center several years ago uh it's the only uh one like it in the county and so the high school will still use it we're looking at having a normal performing arts center inside the building like the other high schools right. that currently have uh, but uh, and what I mean by that, like Lewisburg and, and Lake Cormorant and Horn Lake, uh, South Haven, several of those schools have one that's tied in with the building. That way they'll have a, a place on campus uh, for smaller events, but then they'll still be able to perform at the Hernando Performing Arts Center for their plays and other right. activities. Uh, and then the, we're also this time plan on continuing to use the tennis courts that are at the middle school uh, because those tennis courts are in good shape. And so we'll probably keep those there, but everything else will be moving uh, to the new high school. 
so the changes we made to the UTW podcast, we stopped covering so wide, uh, you know, so much of the county. We started to narrow in, and I, and I appreciate you coming in this morning. Didn't want to keep you too long, but that's definitely what I want to talk about was the, the the Hernando changes, the Hernando plans. So real quick before we move on to Lewisburg, now's not the time to go on Hernando happenings and start talking about which school your kid may go to, you know, Oak Grove or, or Hernando Elementary. So give it a little bit of time. They're going to work through it and probably put, come together with a really, really good plan. So don't go on Hernando happenings yet and start asking questions let's move to lewisburg lewisburg middle school open brand new school that's gonna be the newest uh, full construction school in desoto county how's that going it's going really well and we had a similar situation at lewisburg uh one that we needed to address there uh, to create more space on those campuses and so the reason that we needed to build the new lewisburg middle school one of the reasons is because the elementary and the primary school uh, we're running out of space, and uh, those campuses are built very close to each other, and uh, we had continued to add on and add on and add on to both of them right. uh, to where we were running out of space to continue adding on to them. So uh, just like in Hernando where we're cutting down the number of students in each building, the new middle school does that at Lewisburg. So what we did there is we had two elementary schools. Both of them had three grades each, Lewisburg Primary and Lewisburg Elementary. Uh, by building the new middle school, we were able to create a new uh, elementary school. And so uh, we cut down the number of grades at Lewisburg Primary from three to two. So now they're just a K-1 school. Lewisburg Elementary went from being a three, four, five school to being a two, three school. And then we're using the old middle school, which is now Lewisburg Intermediate School. Uh, and it is the four or five school. And just like in Hernando, the the uh, current middle school and that will become Hernando Intermediate School in 2025, the same kind of concept. And so uh, that helps us because each of those buildings were designed for three grades and now they've only got two grades. So they've got room to grow uh, on those campuses. Uh, we also have uh, the new Lewisburg Middle School where we could expand it in the future. We added on this year also to Lewisburg High School. Uh, we added eight classrooms there. And so, uh, so that's created more space on that campus. So now really over this next five years or so, we feel like the only school that we're going to need to add on to uh, on that main campus would be Lewisburg High. We'll have to continue right. uh, monitoring that. And then obviously we'll need to continue monitoring the new Lewisburg Middle School because at some point we'll probably have sure. to add on to it too if it continues with the growth that we're seeing. But the, with the housing market in Hernando and Lewisburg being what it is right now, uh, I mean, we're just picking up more and more students. We picked up more students this year district-wide, and this was a year going into it, honestly, that I didn't know uh, because of COVID going in. We didn't know what our enrollment numbers would look like. Uh, you know, I thought we could possibly, you know, lose 1,000, 2,000 students, you know, just based on uh, everyone's thoughts on COVID and, and their ideas of what we should be doing going into the school year. But we've actually increased uh, this school year. We are now uh, we're at about 34,200 students last year. And now we're over 34,500 students. And a lot of that growth is in Hernando and Lewisburg because both of those areas are, are continuing to show that upward trend. Uh, and that goes along with the housing market. More houses being uh, being built in Hernando and Lewisburg. And, um, and you know, people ask those questions all the time. Well, do they ask you questions about schools, you know, when they're building houses? No, not really. You know, it's just, uh, but the schools are tied in with that is we know that we've got to keep up with that growth. And, and people – they know, okay, if I want my child to go to this school, I've got to, I've got to buy a house in that zone. And so uh, no, not just Hernando and Lewisburg, but all the zones, you know, have people who move into those zones for particular reasons. 
and and the schools a lot of times are are the reason why. Yeah, there's a reason school quality and home prices, home levels uh, kind of mimic each other. Right. They definitely uh, you know go hand in hand. Well, we've talked a lot about the future this morning, but let's turn on what you just mentioned. You just mentioned COVID. Derek and I mentioned it on our show on Tuesday. We talked about the very improved COVID numbers for DeSoto County Schools over the last, uh, let's just say, four, five, six weeks. What, what does that look like, especially Hernando Lewisburg? Uh, the numbers have begun to improve. So what's the DCS plan when it comes to COVID? Business as usual for right now, or as numbers go down or things seem to improve and slash, quote unquote, open up more? What does that look like from a plan for DCS uh, moving forward? Do we uh, scale back, you know, healthy quarantines, that type stuff, or what does that look like? Well, the quarantines are something that go through the Mississippi State Department okay. of Health, and so we don't know at this point if, gotcha. if they're going to scale back on that and that if we'll have more freedom uh, to make some of those decisions. Is that kind of a blanket situation, or do they say, hey, things look really good in this region, so we're going to let you do that, or is it blanket? Uh, it's blanket, like across <laughs> the state. So, yeah, I mean, we've been given more freedom this year okay. uh, with certain situations, uh, just like uh, with masks and, and certain and other parts of our COVID protocol. Uh, like different districts I've noticed have put different uh, protocol into place uh, with us. Uh, we've tried to to help parents as much as possible with quarantines and things of that nature, given more options this year than what there were in the past. Right. And, uh, and we've, you know, learned a lot with each situation because uh, you find out, you know, when a situation occurs, uh, okay, how can we handle that better moving forward or, or what did – what was a, a something that was told to us as a requirement? Maybe it was just a guideline, you know. And and those are some things that have happened along the way. And you know, it's it's been frustrating. I'm not going to lie about that part of it because sometimes, uh, you know, we go by the book and then you you see where in other parts of the state they're not, and it's like, well, okay, was well, this a is this really a requirement or is this a guideline, just sure. something for us to look at in the future? And so so we're all learning a lot as we go through it. You know, we had the uh, uh, shutdown in Hernando and at Lewisburg. Uh, middle school, Hernando High School and Lewisburg Middle School early in the year, and the cases there were just continuing to increase rapidly to the point we didn't know what might happen next there with the, with the number of cases. And so uh, we did feel like we made the right call at both of those schools because the thing about COVID we all know is it's so unpredictable. Like, you know, if you told me that we were going to have district-wide 496 cases at the end of August, if you'd have told me that back in May, I would have thought you were crazy because we all thought COVID was going away. Right. And then you had the Delta variant coming in, something that we'd never seen before in the schools. And so if nothing else has prepared us for the future as far as if we have to, you know, if in the winter or the spring there's a new variant that comes through, uh, we're more prepared for it now than ever because of what we've seen this past, uh, this past fall. And so we peaked in late August, uh, 496 cases, student cases throughout the district for one week. Uh, that was still less than 2% of students. Sure. Uh, when you look at it on a on that kind of basis, and a lot of times we need to look at that from a district level here because I'll hear uh, you know people around the state saying, "Well, DeSoto County's got X number of cases." Well, yeah, I mean we've got thirty four thousand students. The next largest district has twenty one thousand, yeah. and in most districts only have you know two thousand, right, one thousand, sure. and so so we need to look at it on a percentage basis. And right now our percentages are down. Uh, well below 1% now. And uh, this past week, uh, I don't even remember the exact total, but uh, we were uh, under 50 cases. Uh, we've been under 50. We were at 50, I believe, the week before. 
and I believe uh, under 40 this past week. I think this week it's looking like we'll be back around 50 to 60, uh, something in that range. But as long as we can keep the numbers fairly low like that, it, uh, obviously that's reassuring to uh, to parents and people in the community when when the numbers are low. But uh, to be honest with you, the school numbers, are, they reflect the community numbers. When sure. the community m- numbers are low, uh, uh, the school numbers are usually low because most of the cases are picked up in the community or within within the family and and that's what was happening with the delta variant when the cases were high in the community they ended up being high in the schools and so uh, we were hopeful that you know moving forward that uh, the case numbers stay low and uh, we just we're just doing the best we can every day and and I appreciate the parents working with us because it's been difficult it's been difficult on everybody because there's been restrictions in place but I do think in in DeSoto County Schools we've uh, you know, it makes me feel good when I see on Friday nights our football teams out there playing. I see went to the band competition this past uh, Friday night. Uh, we had three of the four top bands uh, in Mississippi last Saturday at uh, the state competition. DeSoto Central finished first, Hernando second, Lewisburg fourth, and get to see them perform. Because, you know, last year uh, the Mississippi Bandmaster Association shut down the, right. the band competition. And uh, that broke everyone's heart for them not those kids not to be able to participate sure. when, when all the sports were participating. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I made sure to be there to support our bands because I wanted to to see them get to participate in that. So that part's really good. We got field trips going on, you know, around the county. Uh, a lot of things are getting back to normal to a certain degree. Right. We just have to, you know, from the school level, keep our keep our eye on things and to make sure we don't have any clusters pop up of cases. And uh, we really haven't been seeing that a lot in the last few weeks. Well, I appreciate you sitting down with me for, you know, 20 minutes or so, sitting down talking. Before we wrap up, when you were here for the first time uh, back in October of 20, we visited a little bit about your college experience and an experience you had that a lot of people in the Mid-South think would think was pretty cool. You were a manager for the uh, Memphis Tiger basketball team, kind of in the heyday, Penny Hardaway and Larry Finch and those guys. You got your blue tie on today. You're going to something here in a little while. Tell us about that, the honor to go uh, to something like that. Yeah, I'm going to spend my lunch break uh, today at the uh, University of Memphis. I got invited up there. Uh, They're dedicating the uh, Larry Finch Plaza. Uh, on the University of Memphis campus, and uh, that's going to be right outside the uh, practice, the new practice facility there. And uh, having been a part of the the program there, uh, when Coach Finch was a coach, uh, I was invited to go up there today. So I'm going to spend a few minutes up there getting to visit with some people and and uh, getting to honor him. He was a, a great person, not only a, a great coach, but a great representative for the city of Memphis. He grew up in Memphis, uh, uh, played basketball, high school basketball there, college basketball there, and then. Uh, ended up being the, the coach at Memphis State back in the day yeah. is what it was then. And uh, so it's great that uh, he's been honored. And I, and I was uh, excited that I uh, got an invitation to go up there today and uh, get to see some of the former players. should be an exciting time. Well, that'll be a good time. Uh, again, Larry Finch, a huge part of the Mid-South and Memphis basketball community for years and years. So uh, congratulations to him, and, and I know that'll be a, a, a enjoyable time for you this afternoon. Thanks for coming in, giving us a few minutes on our Halloween show, sitting down with us. Uh, Corey's not in costume. As I mentioned, he's just simply wearing a nice blue tie, but he's not in costume. But Derek and I will be uh, here shortly for the uh, Halloween show. Corey, thanks a lot for coming in, visiting with us, and we hope you'll come back uh, pretty regularly and keep us updated when it comes to Hernando and Lewisburg schools great thank you matt i appreciate the invitation keep up the great work again we want to thank Corey for coming in and sitting down with you yesterday to uh go over everything and also thought it was a pretty cool story about him you know used to being the manager of the memphis uh tiger basketball team and and kind of the dedication they were doing for larry finch so just a great interview and matt you know what they call uh this uh superintendent in england (laughs) no ted what do they say what do they call it he would be chancellor 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 
Okay. Osselton. Uh, anyway, just uh, I thought that would be kind of something pretty cool to think about. So when you hear chancellor, that is a, uh, a British term. Another neat fact from Ted Lasso, our guest host this morning. Thank you, Ted, for another neat fact. We really appreciate it. want to continue to recognize our wonderful sponsors, starting off with Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs. Whether it's leaf removal, which is perfect for this time of year, tree trimming, fall cleanups, gate repair, new fence construction, anything on the outside of your home or commercial building, Richard is your guy to contact. No job too small, no job too large. If he can't help you, he will put you in touch with someone who can. Give him a call at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find more information about Richard and his team on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Again, that's Williams Lawn Services. The secret is out. North Point Christian is DeSoto County's most popular private school destination. 211 new students made the switch and became part of the North Point family this year, pushing their enrollment to record levels. North Point will be hosting their first Sunday open house of the year next Sunday, November 7th at 2 p.m. They encourage prospective families to come and see why families in three states, 28 cities, and 41 zip codes have made North Point DeSoto County's largest and most desirable Christ-centered college preparatory school. Interested families should reserve their spot today by contacting Director of Admissions, Mrs. Sheila Sharon, at 662-349-5127, 662-349-5127. They invite you to get ready to make the switch and join the North Point family. Before we mention our next ad, Ted, uh, man, the Instagram photos from the trip the 8th and ninth graders took, I'm assuming the ninth grade got to go because it's really an 8th grade trip, but they couldn't go to due to COVID last year. That's right. They could not go. They, did, not go. they did do two separate trips. Right. So the ninth grade bus left about an hour before the 8th grade bus, but they saw the sites at different times, different days. So it was kind of a, they kind of worked its way sure. around each other. But yeah, just a great trip and uh, just a wonderful experience for them to be able to have. Yeah. I don't think I even mentioned where they went. We went up to Washington, D.C. We're there for four, I think four days just saw all the sites i saw it on instagram just really really awesome looks like a wonderful trip that an eighth grader and ninth grader um just a once in a lifetime trip for those kids just a really really neat uh, opportunity there uh, from north point podcast brought to you by lauderdale insurance agency your local state farm provider they are located at 11 west commerce street directly across from the hernando post office Lauderdale Insurance is owned and operated by Sam Lauderdale, former alderman and longtime resident of Hernando. His team specializes in insurance for life, auto, home, or business. Mr. Sam encourages you to compare coverage, service, and price, but feels confident Lauderdale Insurance Agency should be your insurance provider. Please call Sam, Sherry, Angie, or Jennifer at 429-5213. That's 429-5213. Or find more information about them on Facebook at Lauderdale Insurance Agency. Well, Ted, uh, just to let you know, Ted, on our Friday show, we do the Soda County shout-outs. The Soda County shout-outs are simply a way for the UTW podcast to recognize good things being done by local nonprofits, help them push their event a bit, help them to raise more money for whatever they're doing, whatever the Mint's doing. Before we give a shout-out, though, let's talk about one of the most famous nonprofits here in DeSoto County, or definitely here in Hernando. I'm speaking of the Northwest Mississippi Community Foundation, which received an award. What you got? The Northwest Mississippi Community Foundation earned a four-star rating 
four-star rating for a leading non by a leading nonprofit uh, evaluator called Charity Navigator. Uh, they go around kind of a you know maybe like an Oscars or a or an Emmy for their you know their business uh, came around and they got a, a four-star rating, which is an elite rating, uh, which um, you know obviously is the highest you can get for their second year in a row. They were one of only 13 other nonprofits in the state to receive an elite status, and uh, this is also they're also only one of 33 percent of the charities in the nation who Charity Navigator has rated who have received it two years in a row. Just a really great group of people uh, for the Northwest Community Foundation. If you don't know about them, uh, they have several uh, funds, I mean, I say several, there are many funds uh, under their umbrella. They give to all the way through the Delta. I think it's 11 counties that they service based here in DeSoto County. Uh, the current uh, president is Keith Fulcher. And if uh, those of y'all that don't know Keith, he's an extremely nice guy. Really got it out in the last year or so after he's taken Tom Pittman's place as the president and really been going out and, and uh, seeing people and meeting people and trying to draw people. Uh, the Soccer Association has their funds there. Uh, I, uh, I, there's another part a fund that I'm a part of that has their funds through the Community Foundation. And they do a wonderful job. They take care of all the accounting. They take care of all sending all the checks out. Uh, everything can be done for them. You can talk with Carol in the office and have her send the checks out for you. Just extremely nice people to work with. So could not be happier for them and for all that they do for DeSoto County and for the entire western you know, delta region uh, of Mississippi uh, and, and just congratulate them on receiving this award. Again, that's going to be CharityNavigator.com. That's CharityNavigator.com. Uh, it's a website that is used by a lot of people, probably thousands of people across the country when it comes to, hey, I want to give money to something. How do I research? How do I look into, uh, look at different ratings for the different charities that I have opportunities to give to? So congratulations to the Northwest Mississippi Community Foundation. Our next shout-out is for an event that takes place in the morning, Derek, that's going to take place tomorrow morning. It's going to be a little chilly for the inaugural Crew Boo Fun Run. The Crew Boo Fun Runs, obviously sponsored by the Crew of Hernando. All proceeds benefit the Hernando Library, the Hernando Public Library, a wonderful, wonderful asset to Hernando. The Crew Boo Fun Run, pretty simple, one-mile fun run, Children of all ages, I joked around two weeks ago, if you uh, have a cell phone and a girlfriend, you probably are wasting your time uh, running with uh, two-year-olds. <laughs> so uh, the Crew Boo Fun Run, just going to be a great opportunity. We're going to have uh, you know bounce houses, uh, f- face painting, uh, drinks for the kids, all that type of stuff. Then at ten, that's going to start at 9 o'clock. Registration from 9 to 10. At 10 o'clock, we will do the inaugural Crew Boo Fun Run, a one-mile fun run. Uh, you know, kids, if you can hear our voice, uh, let's just enjoy ourselves. Let's not pull any, uh, you know, eight-year-old hamstrings no, uh, no. competing for the thing. Let's just go out there and have fun, raise some money for the public library. Ted, will you be in costume there? I will be in costume. Uh, I've decided to dress up as something else okay. uh, when I come. Um, I will be myself for Halloween, the actual gotcha. Halloween night. But for the Crew Boo Fun Run, I'm going to come. Something the kids probably – most most kids don't know about football in England. Right. Um, and they're probably not going to know much about me at all. Um, and, I, and they shouldn't. So, therefore, I think I'm going to come in something maybe a little – kind of kind of dress it down a little so something they would understand. Okay. Crew Boo Fun Run happening tomorrow. If you can hear our voice, please visit raceroster.com. Simply search Crew Boo Fun Run. That's raceroster.com, Crew Boo Fun Run. Or go to the Crew Fernando Facebook page for a simple link to register. If you register ahead of time, you simply uh, – the benefits of that is you don't have to necessarily wait in line uh, on Saturday morning. So going to be a little bit cold tomorrow. Dress accordingly, but really, really going to be a lot of fun. And, again, all proceeds benefit the Hernando Public Library. Shout out to the crew of Fernando for giving another shot, another fundraiser, a chance to uh, be a blessing here in the city of Fernando. Uh, Albert. Hey, hey, hey. Why, why, why didn't the skeleton cross the road? I don't know.
He didn't have any guts. Okay, that's a very that's that's a good one, Ted. That's a that's a good joke. Speaking of having guts, so uh, Mr. Lasso, I'm speaking of Miss Gia Matheny, the person who runs the Hernando Farmers Market. Our final shout out, mixed in with a little bit of an ad. The Hernando Farmers Market is one of the top farmers markets in the Mid South, if not the state of Mississippi. It brings together the best of local food, artistry, and the agricultural traditions of the Mid-South. It's a place to shop. It's a place to gather. But more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the simplicity of a Mississippi small town. For more information, you can contact Jim Matheny at 449-9092. That's 449-9092. As I said, it's our final shout-out and a mixture of a bit of, an, bit of an ad there for the farmer's market as it winds down its 2021 season. took place from May 1st all the way through this coming weekend. Just a wonderful, wonderful year for the Hernando Farmer's Market. Almost $400,000 in sales, 70 vendors. Again, there's no better farmer's market in the area. But I do want to start giving them a shout-out for the upcoming Hernando Dickens of a Christmas. Friday, November 12th, they will have the Christmas tree lighting shout out to miss natalie lynch the person who really really spearheaded the beautiful christmas tree that we have that'll be taking place on the square that's gonna be friday november 12th after the christmas tree lighting we will be having at 6 30 a family movie on the square sponsored by someone i just mentioned the first regional public library then on saturday november 13th they will have the hernando dickens of a christmas from 9 a.m to 5 p.m also mixed with the Hernando Christmas Farmer's Market. And then on Sunday, November 14th, from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., will be the Hernando Chamber of Commerce Christmas Open House. Just an unbelievable weekend coming up the 12th through the 14th in Hernando. Uh, Mr. Lasso, you've never experienced the Hernando Dickens of a Christmas. I know my co-host, Mr. Uh, Derek Bigling, typically does, but uh, have you heard great things about the Hernando Dickens of a Christmas? I've, I've heard wonderful things. Albert, do you know that Charles Dickens is from England? I did know that. Much like the football before I got over there, did not know that. Uh, there, there are probably, there's two internets worth of things that I don't know about football or Charles Dickens, but I did know, uh, did find out that he was from England. So there you go. Yeah, he definitely is. <laughs> Definitely is from England. So that's going to be a beginning, kind of a two-week shout-out that we're going to give the Hernando Main Street Chamber of Commerce, Ms. Gia Matheny, the wonderful job that they've done with the farmer's market, and then also talking about the uh, Dickens of a Christmas. Again, award-winning event here in the city of Hernando coming up November 12th through the 14th. Speaking of award-winning and an asset to the city of Hernando, I'm speaking of the Soto Family Dental Care. The Soto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. The practice is open Monday through Friday, providing hygiene appointments, general dentistry, implants, and implant-supported dentures, and recently, Invisalign. The office is designed to provide a safe, comfortable, and relaxing atmosphere for their patients. Visit their office today to see the DFDC difference. You can call them at 429-5239. That's 429-5239. Visit their office today to see the DFDC difference. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. 
With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Grinking is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419. Again, that's 662-892-8419. Or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. Mr. Lasso, I just kind of sat here and realized there's there's obvious reasons that you get to remain in character and and me as Fat Albert don't get to I don't get to completely go full character. So it's best that I go in and out of uh, my character. Um, you know, I mean, all I really can sit there and say is, uh, hey, hey, hey. Well, I mean, that's all I can do. Albert, you beating yourself up is like Woody Allen playing the clarinet. I don't want to hear it. Okay. I don't want I to got hear you. It. Okay. First Woody Allen reference on the UTW podcast. Well, Mr. Lasso, the last part of our show on Fridays, we discuss something that's going to be very special to you, something that uh, made you famous. And I'm speaking of American football. American football, we're going to break down three different teams. We talk about North Point, Lewisburg High School, and Hernando High School right here under the water tower. And we're going to kick it off, no pun intended, with the North Point Trojans as they travel for a very big game in Memphis. I mean, this seems like a really good matchup. I, I don't know really anything about these two teams. I had to look it up. We did a little, did a little research there on that old uh, that, that internet they have. And so North Point will travel to Lausanne tonight for the last district game and last regular season game of the season. North Point is coming off of an easy win. It looks like over Sheffield. You know, Sheffield's also in England. Okay. Sheffield, yes, Sheffield. There's a team. There's a, there's a soccer, soccer club named Sheffield. Well, on, this, this Sheffield is not in England. No, no, <laughs> no, and it looks like by the score of last week that yes. they uh, they don't know American football That's either. That's very true. Forty-two nothing win by the Trojans on senior night, and the Lynx are coming off their first loss of the season, where they lost to Gibson County seventeen fourteen. The Lynx are led by a balanced offensive attack. They have nine hundred and eighteen passing yards on the season by number eleven Gibson and one thousand two hundred ninety yards of rushing. That rushing attack is led by senior running back number eight Craig Cunningham, who has nine hundred seventy-three yards rushing and seventeen touchdowns on the season the Trojans will have to stop the run game when the Lynx go to the air they will be looking for number six number 16 Bolton also a senior the Lynx have held five teams this season to zero points and Hernando in, in England we would say nil right that would be nil, nil yes nil and Hernando the Hernando Tigers right here in uh, this wonderful city of Hernando scored the most points against them this year by far with 28 so the Trojan offense led by Jack Patterson, Josh Fisher, Jackson Thomason, Darius Naylor, and Alex Wright will have to make the plays and not have any turnovers to have a shot in this game. Lausanne seems to be able to get the players that they need every year. How, how does that happen? How does it seem that every year they're able to get those players? I mean, I, I wish I could have recruited like that back in my, my old uh, school in, uh, in America. I might yeah. not be here in uh, England right now. That's right, Mr. Lasso. It's, um, it's a whole other show that we could discuss on, on how Lausanne is able to get those players that really, really grow up uh, looking forward to playing for the Lynx for the in Lynx. Lausanne. Well, yes. you know, if, if I could have the head coach reach out to me, I'd love to know. Uh, you know we've got some, some people I need to get over my, my team, the, uh, the Richmond Greyhounds. The Richmond Greyhounds really would like to get them over to, to you know, find out what they, they do to get those players over there. And this is the toughest team on the Trojan schedule, it looks like to me. Due to my inherent bias, I have the Trojans winning this game. Okay. I know that's, that's, it seems like it's going to be an upset. I'm looking at a 7-1 and one Lynx team against a 5-4 and four North Point team. But I'm, I'm picking the Trojans, winning the game 35-34 on a missed extra point by the Lynx. Found out that they lost their five-star kicker to an ACL injury about three weeks ago. 
So uh, that's a, a tough beat for the Lynx. So I'm saying 35-34 North Point because of a missed extra point. Mr. Lasso, me as Fat Albert, I was able to see the Hernando Tigers you were speaking of earlier uh, play the Lausanne Lynx. Hernando scored the most points by far. That's going to be pretty interesting. That's a very um, interesting uh, uh, thing. So you're saying that Hernando scored 28, but you feel like the North Point Trojans are going to get to that. I have no mark. idea why I thought that. Okay. I no, I'm, uh, I'm, you're now making me think. I, how about how about 2120? 21-20, okay. It's still a missed extra point wins. We'll say 21-20. Man, I hope that happens. I really do. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't tell you enough. I really do. Uh, first of all, something else we do, Mr. Lasso, is we look at the mascots, and we mm. talk about the mascots who would possibly win. Uh, this one is a lynx, which is a beautiful, uh, strong mountain cat type thing mm-hmm. against a Trojan, which is a uh, really kick, you know, really awesome dude in a sword and, and, and helmet and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to go with a Trojan. In this, it's we put him in the cage and see who would win. Oh, oh, yes. I'm going to go with a Trojan to win in a cage fight. We're talking about a fully outfitted Trojan, fully armor, outfitted sword, Trojan. Yes, okay. armor sword, okay. everything like that to to beat that. And then as far as the game goes, I've watched a decent amount of football this year. Lausanne, that's a big deal with the kicker. I was unaware of that. I was yeah, unaware it's of that. A, a sad thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, truly, it's 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 very it's heartbreaking when you have a guy kicking 58 yard field goals and warm ups and then goes and tears his ACL. It's it's a that's a tough deal. That is a tough deal. But look, I've just got to be honest with you. I think Lausanne's a little too strong for the Trojans tonight. Going to be a hard-fought game. I hope the Trojans win, but I think Lausanne's going to probably pull it away at the end, probably about 32-24. 32-24, a uh, very close game. Come down to the end, 32-24, maybe a little bit of a mishap. I think the weather will not be an issue. It's supposed to be really, really nice uh, mm-hmm. weather-wise. Cool tonight. It's supposed to feel like what, uh, football weather. So I do think the Lausanne Lynx are probably going to pull out 32-24 against the North Point Trojans tonight. Night, but I will be pulling hard for the Trojans. Well, next game I had to look up, uh, the Lewisburg. You know Lewisburg's close to here? Lewisburg is close to Hernando, Mr. Lasso, yes. Lewisburg versus Olive Branch. They are located in the same town. Found they out they're located in the same town, so this is kind of a one of those cross-town rivalries. I'm thinking like you know, maybe like Manchester United versus Manchester City. Is that what we're thinking Sounds about right, right now? That's exactly Very similar? Right. Okay. So Lewisburg is hosting Olive Branch tonight in a cross-town ri- city rivalry featuring the two teams – at the bottom of the Region 1 6A bracket, Lewisburg is coming off a 40-point loss to South Haven that saw them go scoreless into the last two minutes of the game. Matt, do you know what the best animal is? I don't want Mr. Lasso. What is it? It's a goldfish. Do you know, okay. do you know why it's a goldfish? Go. A goldfish has a 10-second memory. has a 10-second memory. So in 10 seconds, it forgets everything that's already, that, that happened before it. So I'm saying that Lewisburg Patriots need to be goldfish. I hope our podcast listeners don't have a 10-second memory with, from this show. That is true. That is true. So, uh, anyway, so they need to be goldfish. So, Lewisburg Patriots, be goldfish. When you're facing Olive Branch, who's coming off their second win of the year over the crosstown – of the other crosstown rival. Matt, do you have three football Correct. teams in that one city? They do. They have the Lewisburg Patriots, the Olive Branch Conquistadors, and then the Center Hill Mustangs all in one city. So, when you say cross-city rivalry, is that like a third-city rivalry? Like, how we – like, we split up into thirds? Well, they can't play each other at the same time, so okay. I think you can always be cross-city. I'll be cross-city. All right, yes. Uh, cross, uh, so they, uh, Olive Branch is coming off their second one of the year against the other team in Olive Branch, Center Hill, giving them their first district one of the year. The loser of this game, the Patriots versus the Conquistadors, the loser of this game may be the de facto last place finisher of the regions if all things go chalk during the games next week. Do you know what would happen if they were a soccer team? They would be relegated. What, what, what is the league below? 
Like right, six, I see what you're saying. Yeah, they, they, dropped they, they, they dropped a 5A, or they would just have to like drop a 7v7 seven, seven seven football. What are we talking yes, about here? That, that would, yes. So that would be relegation, but no relegation for 6A football in Mississippi. They would be the – this is potentially fighting for the last place or trying to avoid the last place team. So the motivation of both teams is to not only beat your town rival, but also to try not to come in last place in the Region 1 6A bracket. Both teams are young with new coaches and will see better years ahead of them, but this game will give them town bragging rights for the next 12 months. I look for the Olive Branch defense to hold the young Lewisburg offense and for the Keysters to score 28 points to win this game 28-10. Well, Mr. Lasso, we've covered the Lewisburg Patriots for about eight games now. The Olive Branch Conquistadors have a very solid defense, but they do not have a very good offense at all. I think you're giving way too many points here. Uh, I've seen Lewisburg play. I just don't see them score many points on a very, very good Olive Branch defense. Neither team's going to really be able to get out of their way. I'm going to say Olive Branch 12 – Mm. Lewisburg 7. Not mm. a very fun football game. Would not be something I would like to spend my Friday night, my <laughs> Halloween weekend uh, watching. But I th- I'm thinking Olive Branch 12, Lewisburg 7. That's going to be my prediction. Lewisburg will be pulling for you. Hope you can pull it out. But I really see Olive Branch just putting an absolute uh, lockdown uh, defensively because they really do have a good defense. It's the offensive side of the ball where I believe they struggle. And finally, we'll turn into this wonderful town that I'm, I'm visiting right now. The uh, Hernando Tigers will travel to Center Hill. The other team in Olive Branch, uh, Center Hill Mustangs. Oh, I just remembered. You said something about mascots on the other game. Yes. All right, so we so a Patriot versus a Conquistador. Right. I'm going to go with a Conquistador oh. uh, to beat a Patriot. I'll tell you why. The Conquistadors probably have better equipment and better mm-hmm. – uh, you know, they had to have, you know, iron helmet, all that kind of stuff. Again, a Patriot was kind of a – let's just say, you know, you, you envisioned kind of a tougher Patriot – I, I, I envision a red coat who walks right up to a, a guy in a blue coat and they're 20 feet apart and they aim at each other and yell fire. So I think the conquistador would absolutely dominate the Patriot that I'm picturing, which is more of a march in a line, stand side, side by side, load your muzzle, get one shot, and be dead shortly. The people in England, they don't have a very fond memory of the Patriots. No, absolutely not. Yeah, they're not They're not very happy with the Patriots. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm going to also go with the Keisters uh, because I like saying the word Keister. Yes. Keister is a fun word. Conquistador. Conquistador. I like saying that word. Keisters for short, which I'm going to be honest, I never have said that before I've heard of this team. So I like their name Keister. I think the Keister would beat the Patriots, so I agree on the mascot battle. Now, again, turning to the Hernando versus Hernando Tigers versus Center Hill Mustangs. Hernando 3-6, and 2-3 and three in district. Center Hill 2-7, and 1-4 and four in district. The Tigers currently sit in fifth place, one spot behind the Horn Lake Eagles for the final playoff spot and would hold the tiebreaker over the Eagles if they were to finish the season tied. The Tigers have their last two games against Center Hill tonight and Olive Branch next week, two teams that are below the Tigers in the standings. Center Hill is coming off a close loss to Olive Branch and have been dealing with injuries throughout the season. The Tigers will look to Wilkie, Zach Wilkie, to uh, quarterback to lead the team on offense, as well as Kadarius Bullock and Topher Jones on a revived running game from last week. The defense, who has played well at times over the last few games, will need a full four quarters to limit the Mustangs, who will be a tough opponent on their home field. Hernando will have the best player on the field in Wilkie, and I think that the defense will be up to the task. And I think I see Hernando winning this game 31-14. to Well, Mr. Lasso, I do agree with you there. I think Hernando will score possibly the most points they've scored all season in the game tonight. I think Center Hill's kind of mailed it in. I feel like they're probably pretty done. Young team, not their year. I feel like Hernando's going to open up a can. 
be oh. honest with you. I think they really are going to score now, a lot count, of points. Uh, Albert, what, count of what there, Albert? What will we open? <laughs> we're talking about like skull or we're talking about like more like what we're talking uh, about can? Uh, there's a can the, here in the south. We say open up a can. Trust me, you don't want it open. Is it like a you. whooping? It's a whooping, yes. A whooping. Okay, okay, yeah. Sorry. You don't. You do not want a can uh, opened up on you. And I feel like Hernando's going to do that tonight. Zach Wilkie will have a heck of a night. I feel like Hernando's going to – they've got two opportunities to stay in the playoff race, two opportunities to make the playoffs tonight and next week against Isle of Branch. Against Isle, of, Isle of Branch does not have a very good offense. They have a really good defense. But Hernando will finish at home next week from the regular season standpoint, and we'll break that down next week. But I really do feel like Hernando will defeat the Center Hill Mustangs pretty heavily tonight on the eastern side of DeSoto County. From a mascot standpoint, we've done this one before. Tiger in a cage with a Mustang. It's a mauling. Tiger's going to win. Yes. A Tiger would easily beat a Mustang. Um, unfortunately for that Mustang, that horse would not have a, a prayer. So I would say Tiger. And uh, I do want to say one thing to the Hernando Tiger football team if you're listening. Again, this is Mr. Ted Lasso. Just, just giving one, I got one word for yes. you. Believe. Believe. That's a very good word. Believe. Absolutely. I like that word uh, tremendously. Hernando has a chance to make the playoffs. They can win the last two, still get into the playoffs, which will be an absolutely back-to-back playoff runs right here in the city of Hernando. Well, uh, Mr. Ted Lasso, I've thoroughly enjoyed sitting down with you, uh, enjoying that. Uh, again, we mentioned a few seconds ago that I, I, me, uh, Matt, I'm not able to necessarily stay in character all the time. You know, um, while you've done a really good job trying to stay in character and be able to talk as him, um, it, it, it just didn't work for me it was best for me to uh be matt versus fat albert to run the show robust albert uh anytime that you're in england uh in the london area please come see me i'd Uh, love to have you come see i could definitely do that i I can make you these little biscuits yes people seem to like them my boss really seems to like them i'll make you these little biscuits and it seems like that i would have to make probably a couple helpings for you sure but i I would love to have you there Oh, I like biscuits. I like biscuits. That, that that's actually see Fat Albert can say that, but uh, you know whatever. But who don't like who don't like good biscuits for sure. Looking forward to big games tonight for the teams that we cover: North Point, Lewisburg, and Hernando. Want to wish everybody good luck, Mr. Lasso. Halloween is coming up this weekend. I uh, hope everyone stays safe uh, over the weekend. And um, I think tomorrow night there should be a you know a lot of parties, a lot of different things going on on Saturday, October thirtieth. You know, and then trick or treating on on Sunday should be a lot of fun. So uh, if you can hear our voices, please 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 be safe and, and enjoy some really good trick-or-treating happens in hernando so if you get a chance mr lasso to be around you know throughout the weekend uh, i think you'll enjoy it i'll plan to stick around i'd love to see that if you enjoy the utw podcast find us on facebook at utw podcast on instagram at utw podcast and on twitter at utw pod if you can hear our voice and enjoy our show please share with friends family co-workers anyone you could think of share let them know that the utw podcast exists so we can continue to grow and be a bigger part of the hernando community if you enjoy our show look for ob pod that's ob pod wherever you listen to our show look for ob pod stands for olive branch they cover lewisburg center hill and olive branch the eastern side of desoto county do a wonderful job interviews with politicians interviews with different people there in the uh, eastern side of desoto county just do a wonderful job again ob pod if you have an interest in advertising with the utw podcast send us an email under the water tower info at gmail.com. That's under the water tower info at gmail.com. So we can send you over an advertising packet whenever you're ready. 
Uh, Mr. Lasso, something that we like to do, and I won't do it as Fat Albert, but uh, something we like to do on our Friday show is be sure and encourage all of our listeners, anyone who can hear our voice, please go to church this weekend. If you find a church a church home, looking for a church home, visit their Facebook page, visit their website. They can tell you all the different worship opportunities that they have on Sunday. So we definitely like to encourage all the men and women to take their families to church. We feel like it's a wonderful, wonderful thing, uh, and you definitely will not regret it. I want to say thank you to Corey Osselton for coming in uh, to the UTW podcast, sitting down with us, talking about, man, what an amazing, amazing project coming up over the next three years here in the city of Hernando, the different moving parts with the different schools, just some really, really great things that are happening right here under the water tower. So we definitely really appreciate Corey coming in. Well, Mr. Lasso, if there's nothing else, I'm Fat Albert. And I'm Ted Lasso. Join us next time under the water tower. Cheerio. Cheerio.